The Slenderman stabbing case involves an incident that took place in Waukesha, Wisconsin, USA on May 31, 2014. The primary participants in the case were two 12-year-old girls, Morgan Geyser and Anissa Ware, and their victim, a classmate named Peyton Lautner. The case gained significant media attention due to its eerie connection to an internet urban legend known as Slenderman. Slenderman is a fictional character that originated on an internet forum in 2009 as part of a Photoshop contest. The character is depicted as a tall, faceless, and slender figure known for luring and terrorizing children. Morgan Geyser and Anissa Weir were both 12 years old at the time of the attack and were classmates at Horning Middle School in Waukesha, Wisconsin. They shared a close friendship and often engaged in creative play together. However, their interest in the Slenderman myth had taken a disturbing turn. They believed that Slenderman was not only real, but also an omnipresent and malevolent entity. Both girls became increasingly fixated on the internet lore surrounding Slenderman, reading and sharing stories about him on online forums and creepypasta websites. They came to believe that Slenderman communicated with them telepathically and that they could become his proxies by killing someone, thereby proving their loyalty to him. In their minds, they believed that Slenderman would harm their families if they didn't prove their loyalty to him. On the morning of May 31st, 2014, the girls planned to carry out their violent act during a sleepover at Morgan Geyser's house. They initially intended to commit the crime the previous night, but postponed it, fearing that they would be caught. The following day, they decided to proceed with their plan, targeting their friend Peyton Lautner. Morgan, Anissa, and Peyton went to a nearby park together. Later, they ventured into a secluded wooded area, allegedly to play hide-and-seek. Once they reached a relatively secluded spot, Morgan suddenly attacked Peyton, stabbing her 19 times with the kitchen knife they had taken from Morgan's home. Peyton was stabbed in the arms, legs, and torso. The knife had a 5-inch long blade. Two wounds were two major organs. One missed a major artery of her heart by less than a millimeter, and another went through her diaphragm, cutting into her liver and her stomach. The attackers told Peyton to lie down while they would find help, but they did not get any upon leaving. Miraculously, Peyton managed to crawl away and was discovered by a passing cyclist near a road. The cyclist called 911 and Peyton was rushed to the hospital where she underwent emergency surgery to treat her life-threatening injuries. After the attack, Morgan and Anissa attempted to flee the scene, intending to reach the fictional Slenderman's mansion in a nearby northern state. However, they were apprehended later that day by police in Waukesha, not far from the crime scene. During the investigation, law enforcement found disturbing evidence that revealed the girls' obsession with the Slenderman myth. They had meticulously documented their plans and intentions in their diaries, sketches, and online communications. The evidence made it clear that the attack was premeditated and not a spontaneous act of violence. 
Both girls were charged as adults with attempted first-degree intentional homicide, which carried a possible sentence of up to 65 years in prison. However, their defense attorneys argued that they were not mentally competent to stand trial, and they were deeply influenced by a shared delusional disorder. Competency hearings were conducted to assess their mental state at the time of the crime. Both girls underwent psychological evaluations, and it was determined that they suffered from mental illness. As a result, they eventually reached plea deals in which they pleaded guilty to lesser charges. Morgan Geyser was sentenced to 40 years in a mental health facility, and Anissa Weir received a 25-year sentence in a mental health institution. Submit your questions and stories to ScreamQueerCast at gmail.com or by submitting them to Instagram at ScreamQueerPodcast and catch new episodes every Tuesday morning wherever podcasts are streamed. Remember to rate and subscribe. Welcome to the Scream Queer Podcast with Ralph Anthony. The following content contains topics describing graphic violence, strong sexual content, explicit language, and elements that may not be suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Happy August, everyone. Thank you so much for listening into this episode. I hope you all are doing wonderful. I hope you all are thriving. And as always, I hope you all are hanging in there. I am exactly one week away from turning 33. I'm actually excited to see what 33 is going to bring I know for a fact that I really want to take this podcast to the next level, and I know I've said that quite a bit. I really do mean that. I love this show so much, and I think I've done a good job of finding my groove on things. And if you've been here since the very beginning, first of all, hi, beautiful. But if you've been here since day one, you know it's been quite a journey of really trying to find what Scream Queer Podcast is. I've changed my artwork a hundred times. I've altered my logos. I've changed my social media presence. I've made it my goal just to really connect and communicate with other creators and share their work because... So much work goes into not even just podcasting. Like you have creators out there creating art, like they're creating pieces. I also want to focus on really fixing things in my personal life and just taking steps to better myself. I've put off quite a bit of things that I've been insecure about, and I think it's time to really make those changes so I can feel more confident. And I, (laughs) I'm so sorry, but I don't want to bore you with this. So I'll leave it at that and elaborate on things more as the episodes go on. But 33, I, (laughs) I can't believe it. I know I'm, it's still considered young, 
I still feel like I was a teenager last week. Like it's, it's really true that time really is a thief. I've been on and off about <laughs> celebrating with a party. And if you've listened to last week's episode, I mentioned that I am in the middle of planning a murder mystery party. The backstory to that is one of my friends who happens to share the same birthday as me approached me with this idea. And at first I was so for it. I mean, I host a true crime podcast, so why not have a murder mystery party? It's fitting, right? But as everything started to really sink in, I began to think about the trouble that comes with party planning, let alone a party being planned at your house. I, okay, here's some more backstory. I used to love to host. I really did. From the cooking to prepping food, I just, I love to feed people. I love to see people eat food and see their reactions and all that good stuff. But also, I used to really love to like figure out themes and get the music ready for it. And I, I can't even tell you, like, I've, I had a rave party. I've had a Wizard of Oz theme party, obviously Halloween parties, uh, Christmas parties, just all of it. I've always loved it. I don't know. It wasn't until recently uh, where there came a time where it just, it wasn't fun to me anymore. And I think a part of it has to, or a major part of it has to do with the fact that I'm such a perfectionist that I want everything to just go well and how I envision them. And then you want to go ahead and add a a big mess on top of all of that and me having OCD. And I don't know, like, I'm not trying to be negative or sound negative, but I just, I, I don't really enjoy myself if I host because I want everyone to be having a good time to where I'm just like, at the end of the night, I'm like, I'm, I'm beat. I'm so tired. I'm like, what just happened? Like what just happened? So I was having second thoughts and my poor friend, I've just been texting her on and off. Like maybe we shouldn't, like, I really don't want to be spending the money on this. And just going back and forth, I've been so, I've, I've been really unhinged lately. Like, I don't know what is going on with me, but I've just been so unhinged and I've been like extra mean and I don't know what's going on. So I didn't want to celebrate so are there any fans of the TV show Charmed? I'm getting to the moral of this rant soon, I promise. Just hang with me. So Charmed, yes, Charmed, the original show, not the 2018 reboot. But if you aren't familiar with Charmed, it was a show that aired on the WB from 1998 to 2006. The WB, which I think it's now defunct, it's the CW now, they used to have Really popular shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Seventh Heaven, Felicity, um, I think the original uh, Roswell show. So when I tell you this show is my safety blanket, this is a show that I need to have on after a bad day or week. And even as background noise, I just, I feel safe with the show and I feel happy. I feel at peace. I've loved it since I was nine. I was obsessed with the show. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people like to talk shit about it because the special effects are just awful and cheesy, or that it's about magic or it's silly. I'm honestly the acting from the girls and the chemistry that shows up on screen. They really don't make shows like that anymore. Like it's that that aspect is so good, and I think that's why I've been so drawn to it and love it so much. 
Anyway, the season one episode titled Dead Man Dating, which is considered to be one of the best episodes of the series, in my opinion. I'd even say top 10 of the eight seasons. So here's a brief episode description I pulled from Google. It says, Piper, the middle sister, falls for the ghost of a man who was recently murdered on his birthday that needs her help to ensure that he receives a proper burial before an ancient evil spirit can claim his soul. Meanwhile, the older sister, Prue, keeps shutting down plans for her sisters to throw a surprise birthday party. Do you see where I'm going with this? Sounds crazy, right? But all of the supernatural shit aside, the message really hits. And... I was watching this the other day and it was around the the time where I was just wanting to cancel having my party and just just being really nasty. And I'm not going to lie, I was tearing up a little bit while watching because the reality of everything is like, like, yeah, it's a show about magic, but it really makes you think about the reality of things. And the reality is we're not getting any younger and we're not going to be here forever Like, life comes at us so quickly, and it basically throws anything and everything our way at any given time. And I think everything going on with with my health lately has definitely played a factor in all of this as well. Anyway, the ghost on this episode was just saying to celebrate your birthday because you never know what can happen. In his case, he was literally murdered. He was shot dead on his way to work, so... If you are not wanting to celebrate your birthday, suck it up, buttercup, and celebrate your freaking birthday. It's going to be good, and we're all going to have fun. Just anything can happen. You're not going to have fun. I'm so sorry for saying that. But if you're a fan of, like, witchy shows and you have, like, never seen Charmed, please, please watch it and let me know what you think. Like I said, bad CGI, all that aside, yes, it's it's outdated, but it's one of the best supernatural shows out there. And I'm telling you, the relationship with the the sisters is just so like enticing. It's so enticing. Let's go ahead and take a break. It's question time. Again, send your questions, paranormal experiences, anything of the sort to screamqueercast at gmail.com. Or you can DM me via Instagram at screamqueerpodcast. Sometimes I post question polls on my stories. Some of you are great at submitting there. Let's do a few. Let's see here. Speak no evil, hear no evil, see no evil. One of these abilities gotta go. Which can you do without? Um, How shocking would it be that I've heard this saying before, but I never really knew what it meant until recently. (laughs) A majority of individuals think, oh, it's about blocking out discussions or embracing demonic or evil entities. Which, yes, this is part of it, but I think it can pertain to a number of different situations. So, see no evil represents not looking at or indulging in wicked or harmful things. It suggests avoiding exposure to negative influences or immoral acts. Okay, cool. 
Here, no evil signifies not listening to or spreading malicious gossip or harmful information. It essentially encourages avoiding conversations that promote negativity or that could harm others. Are you listening? Speak no evil stands for refraining from speaking ill of others, gossiping, or engaging in hurtful speech. It emphasizes the importance of using words that promote kindness, empathy, and positivity. Yes, that includes going on rants, degrading other people's beliefs on social media. I'm looking at you, but So to putting, <laughs> putting aside this whole history lesson, I think I would do without Hear No Evil because it's so easy to avoid or to not engage with people who are just not good people they're either hateful or irritated towards others whose beliefs are different or express themselves in a certain way they spread gossip or they spread drama about other people and i mean i can sit here and go on and on and on but the short answer is i can go on without hearing that shit like i really can and i mean i give myself enough evil thoughts to listen to so i don't need it from others really Anyway, next question. What has been your scariest experience? Well, unfortunately, I haven't really had anything scary happen to me uh, as far as paranormal or like seeing UFOs or these, these cryptids or any creature of some sort. But I've heard stories of the men in my family being cursed by a woman because of something my great great grandfather did but i don't have all the full scoop on that so i mean once i get it i can obviously share it on here i'm working on not putting my energy into any of that it's been a struggle but you know what isn't um imagine i've been living this whole drag me to hell type of life which is a great movie by the way great movie what are your thoughts on curses everyone do you believe someone can put that much energy out there to really alter someone's life in a negative way? I I think about that a lot. <laughs> when is the OnlyFans going to drop? Uh, not it. Next question. Is social media and the portrayal of oneself on Instagram messing with people's mental health? What are your thoughts on this? Um, yes. Uh... <laughs> We're all we're I I think I'm included in this. Like I I think we've just we're all getting so caught up in getting content, 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 where it's not even real anymore. And I know there's fear of sharing who you really are out there, sharing those vulnerable parts of ourselves, but I can tell you right now, I've been in the middle of this. I think we have just become so out of touch with reality and with current events with voting for certain things uh, real issues that should be talked about and should be getting shared it's just it's really hard because like you you want to give into that social media machine like you want to give into it because it's it's so pretty like it's so nice and shiny and and, and beautiful that you're like you know what? i want to be a part of this but at this that's why i said i'm i fall like right in the middle because i'm just like 
okay, this is like really fun. But then I'm like, wait, no, like I, I'm, I think that where mental health comes into play with all of this, it's just when you have those out there comparing their lives to these influencers. But the reality is we are all human and all have human struggles, human insecurities, human needs. And Instagram, like I said, it's, it's not real life. Like social media is not real life, babe. It's really not super controversial. I know, but social media, it can be positive. I think we've just created this very toxic and very fake universe. Have y'all been keeping up with the news lately? Do you remember some time ago the government admitting to the existence of extraterrestrial spacecrafts and all of that good stuff? Well, I'm pretty sure some of you have seen this. There was a press hearing recently, I believe it was on July 26th, that would see whistleblower David Grush appearing before the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee. He was accompanied by two former fighter pilots who had firsthand experience with UAPs. During the hearing, they answer a number of questions. And, well, some of the discussion was fascinating, but at the same time, it was quite frightening. And I took highlights from the hearing, so let's go ahead and take a listen. My name is David Charles Grush. I was an intelligence officer for 14 years, in the, both in the U.S. Air Force, uh, both active duty Air National Guard and Reserve, at the rank of major, and most recently from 2021 to 2025, or excuse me, 2023, uh, at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, NGA, uh, at the GS-15 civilian level, which is uh, the military equivalent of a full bird colonel. I was my agency's co-lead in Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena and Transmedium Object Analysis, as well as reporting to the UAP Task Force, UAPTF, uh, and eventually, once it was established, uh, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, Arrow. I became a whistleblower through a PPD-19 urgent concern filing in uh, May 2022 uh, with the Intelligence Community Inspector General. Uh, following concerning reports from multiple esteemed and credentialed current and former military and intelligence community individuals that the U.S. government is operating with secrecy above congressional oversight uh, with regards to UAPs. My testimony is based on information I've been given by individuals with a long-standing track record of legitimacy and service to this country many of whom also have shared compelling evidence in the form of photography, official documentation, and classified oral testimony to myself and many my various colleagues. I have taken every step I can to corroborate this evidence over a period of four years while I was with the UAP task force and do my due diligence on the individual sharing it. Uh, this is because of these steps, I believe strongly uh, in the importance of bringing this information before you. I am driven by a commitment of both uh, to truth and transparency, rooted in our inherent duty to uphold the United States Constitution and protect the American people. 
I'm asking Congress to hold our government to this standard and thoroughly investigate these claims. But as I stand here under oath now, I am speaking to the facts as I've been told them. In the U.S. Air Force, in my National Reconnaissance Office, NRO, Reservist Capacity, I was a member of the UAP Task Force from 2019 to 2021. I served at the NRO Operations Center on the Director's Briefing Staff, which included the coordination of the Presidential Daily Brief and supporting variety of contingency operations, which I was the Reserve Intelligence Division Chief uh, backup. In 2019, the UAP Task Force Director asked me to identify all special access programs and controlled access programs, also known as SAPs and CAPs, uh, we needed to satisfy our congressionally mandated mission, and we were direct report at the time to the DEPSECDEF. At the time, due to my extensive executive level intelligence support duties, I was cleared to literally all uh, relevant departments and in a position of extreme trust, both in my military and civilian capacities. Uh, I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade uh, UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program, uh, to which I was denied access to those additional read-ons when I uh, requested it. I made the decision, based on the data I collected, to report this information to my superior, superiors and multiple inspectors general, and in effect becoming a whistleblower. As you know, I've suffered Retaliation for my decision, uh, but I am hopeful that my actions will ultimately lead uh, to a positive outcome of uh, increased transparency. Uh, thank you, and I'm happy to answer your questions. We believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier. Do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. Based on your experience and extensive conversations with experts, do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, and we did meet with one member of the flight crew who took the image. The image was of something that I am not able to attach to any human capability, either from the United States or from any of our adversaries. And they saw a sequence of four craft in a clear diamond formation for which there is uh, a radar sequence that I and I alone have observed in the United States Congress. One of the pilots goes to check out that diamond formation and sees a large floating, what I can only describe as an orb, Again, like I said, not of any human capability that I'm, that I'm aware of. And when he approached, he said that his radar went down, he said that his FLIR system malfunctioned, and that he had to manually take this image um, from one of the lenses, and it was not automatic, automated uh, in collection, as you would typically see in a test mission. Grush, as a result of your previous government work, have you met with people with direct knowledge or have direct knowledge yourself of non-human origin craft? Yes, I personally interviewed those individuals. <clears throat> Mr. Grush, as a result of your previous government work, have you met with people with direct knowledge or have direct knowledge yourself about ATs, advanced technologies that the U.S. government has? Uh, based on uh, conventional uh, advanced tech, I was briefed to uh, 
the preponderance of the defense departments, both space and aerospace compartmented programs. Yeah. And I don't want to cut you off, but yeah. how does a program like that get funded? I will give you generalities. I can get very specific in a closed session, uh, but a mis misappropriation of funds and uh, does that mean that Does that mean that there is money in the budget that is said to go to a program, but it doesn't, and it goes to something else? Yes, I have specific knowledge of that. Yep. Do you Has the U.S. government become aware of actual evidence of extraterrestrial, otherwise unexplained forms of intelligence? And if so, when do you think this first occurred? I like to use the term non-human. I don't like to denote origin. Keeps the aperture open, both scientifically. Right. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, like I've dis discussed publicly uh, previously in 1930s. Do you have any personal knowledge of someone who's possibly been injured working on legacy UAP reverse engineering? Yes. Okay. How were they injured? Was it is it something like a radioactive type situation or something we didn't understand? You can imagine assessing an, an unknown unknown. Uh, there's a lot of uh, potentialities you can't fully prepare for. Okay, so there has been activity by, by alien or non-human non technology and or beings that has caused harm to humans. Uh, I can't get into the specifics least the activity that I personally witnessed, and I have to be very careful here because uh, you don't, you know, I tell you never to acknowledge tradecraft, right? So what I personally witnessed myself and my wife was very disturbing. Okay, first of all, did any of you catch his 2025 slip up? I caught this and I went down this rabbit hole of theories about him being from the future, about him possibly being an alien in disguise. I mean, I'm pretty sure the reality of it is he probably just made a mistake, but I mean, there's still that what if factor. And another theory taken from viewers was in one video, there is a strange reflection or shiny movement coming from under the seats of one of the speakers. And you can clearly see it. Like, if you look it up on TikTok, you'll find it. Um, also, people are claiming that some of the audience members were aliens in disguise. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't see any, like, weird-looking people. I mean, there was just the, 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 the one that they're pointing out... Uh, and calling it an actual like alien in disguise i think he just looks like trump like <laughs> he looks like donald trump like he has the same hair i don't know i don't want to get into that but there's yeah all jokes aside what do you all think about this it's pretty mind-blowing right there is also claim that these aliens have the technology to turn the world into charcoal charcoal i don't know i still have so many questions are these extraterrestrials really out there friend or foe it's surreal i'm interested to see what comes next from all of this hopefully we can get more information i want to thank you for listening into this episode remember to rate and review on apple podcasts or spotify and be sure to tune in to next week's episode. I'm going to do a little a little cute birthday episode because next week is actually my birthday, August 8th, Tuesday, August 8th. So, I, I mean, I have to put an episode out, like a birthday episode. 
when else will I have that chance again? So tune in next week for my special birthday episode. But until next time, I will scare you all on the next episode. (laughs) 